0: This is Cruise Radio.
1: Now more than ever, you should consider Trip Insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at TripInsurance.com.
0: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This
1: is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A double header for you this week. So Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, we checked in with him last month when he was uh, floating around on Celebrity Millennium on the first Sailing open to U.S. residents. Now he's across the ditch in the agency. Checking out things on Celebrity Apex on an eight-night Mediterranean cruise. And then later on in the show, we'll check in with Noam. He just returned from Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. It was a four-night cruise that went to Nassau in perfect day out of Port Miami. We'll get a full recap of that voyage as well. If you're looking for the cruise news, check out the Cruise Radio News feed. It's just opposite of this channel. Three things you need to know every day and the stock quote or also on our YouTube channel. All right, Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, is punched up and ready to go. What's new out there?
0: Well, Doug, uh, sailing out here in the Sea, Well, what have I done? I've gone from the Caribbean to the Mediterranean, and the weather is just spectacular. So between Millennium to Edge to Apex, uh, it's just been a, a a seriously surreal experience. Each one uniquely different, and all I could tell you is it's just been extraordinary to be able to sail on such large ships with so few people and go into ports with so few people. You get a better A better a better chance to to experience Uh, a good example was uh, Santorini, which usually they'll have you know seven to maybe eight nine ships out there, and the port can be packed. the The town of Thera is packed, and uh, we just had uh, a few ships: Uh, Windstar was there, uh, Jewel of the Seas, and Celebrity Apex. Um, It was just great to be able to walk through the town, eat in the restaurants, and uh, it was it was just us. So this is really like sailing on a big yacht with all of the creature comforts of home and sailing to some really beautiful ports.
1: What is the vibe like on board on this sailing over in the Mediterranean?
0: It's been great. You know, people really are enjoying themselves. You know, whether you you know, we're up at the retreat, out by the pool, you know, over in ocean view cafe, it's been fine. People have, you know, really enjoy it. The, the shows have been very good. The shops are open. People are just happy in Greece. You know, we're having to wear masks uh, sometimes, uh, you know, they're really not enforcing it. It's, it's really not that big a deal, which is very different than the experiences in the Caribbean, but, uh, it's just been, it's just so nice to get away, you know, with, with family and friends and, and enjoy the fun of travel and, and being together.
1: Well, what signs are showing you that Europe is opening back up because they've been without tourism for about 16 months.
0: They have, but I could tell you, um, there was a lot of Americans in Athens I mean, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of big difference I and mean, there's nobody from the United Kingdom. So no one from England is, is on board. No, there's no Germans. There's no French. There aren't any Italians on board. So it's really just, uh, Americans We saw some people from Saudi Arabia that were on jewel of the seas. Uh, I mean, they only had 500 people on board that ship, but it's just nice to be able to, you know, kind of, just have a, you've always dreamed of having your, you know, a big yacht and, and, and this is it. And, it's, it's a time that, you know, to be able to experience, especially in the summer, Doug, before, you know, life returns to normal, we see the capacities of the ships, you know, reach uh, their normal 100% occupancies. So if, if people could get away right now, these are extraordinary times to be able to experience, you know, these ships with reduced capacities. Everybody's vaccinated and be able to go into the ports and, and really just have a nice time. And, you know, you're not getting crammed.
1: What's the shore excursion situation like? Because uh, you and I have been over to the Met a lot of times together. We'd like to explore like Florence on our own and Rome on our own. Can you do that on a cruise right now in the Mediterranean? Yeah,
0: we have not been required to do any cruise line uh, tours. The uh, COVID levels have been low in the ports we've uh, visited. Hopefully uh celebrity going to make the smart move and dump Cyprus because that was, uh, Limassol was a was a, unfortunately it was not very good, and hopefully they'll find a, a better port. But you know, Mykonos, Santorini, Rhodes. Uh, we were in Crete yesterday, so people were able to just do whatever they want. Uh, just into town, uh, in in a couple of the ports, they provided uh, a bus shuttle for you know eight dollars uh, a person round trip. Which is significantly less than what a, a taxi cab would have been, and it's it's just it's all I could tell you is it's just been great to you know to be able to roam on your own and and you know experience the different ports the way you like to see it and uh, but you know people plenty of people are doing the tours.
1: Well, in closing here, Stuart, what's been your favorite port so far?
0: Well, I, I'll tell you, I, we, I love Rhodos here in the Greek Islands. Uh, Santorini was phenomenal. Mykonos—I mean, you, you can't go wrong. And, and I certainly enjoy every time going to Athens. I love going up to the Acropolis, see the the latest uh, uncoverings there that, uh, that they're finding as they're excavating the site still. And it, it's funny to see that 15-year restoration project that I first saw 28 years ago, and it's still ongoing. But... You know, there's always something new around the corner.
1: I love it. Stuart Chiron, the Cruise Guy. Follow him on Twitter at Cruise Guy. You can follow all of his adventures there and some great photos as well. Stuart, thanks for checking in, buddy. All right,
0: my friend. Take care. You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry.
1: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance?
0: From the cruise industry shutdown to the restart. We've been with you every step of the way, online and on demand at cruiseradio.net.
1: Let's jump to Nome. He was on a four-night sailing out of Port Miami, aboard Freedom of the Seas, and went to Nassau and Private Island. Perfect day at Coco Key or K, whatever you want to say. He joins us on the line. Hey Nome.
2: Hey, how you doing, Doug?
1: Good, buddy. I was watching some of your videos. I understand this is your first cruise back in 18 months. That's right. Very cool, man. What was it like booking that first cruise back in over a year?
2: Well, um, this cruise came a little bit unexpectedly. I was invited by Royal Caribbean to take the sailing. So I only had about four days of preparation before I got on board the ship, but uh, it was great. It was a little bit emotional. Um, Similar to you, I I work in the travel business. I, I own an agency and I'm not only a fan of travel and a fan of cruises, it's also part of my livelihood. So the past year and a half have been quite the roller coaster. So it was very emotional for me to get, get on board this ship because so much of the past year has been sort of tied up in the status of cruising worldwide. So it was, it was very emotional and very gratifying to, to get back to cruising.
1: Now, I know men don't like to admit when they cry or have tears, but did
2: you shed any? You know, I thought I was going to be shedding a tear when I got on board. I was planning for that. But I was videotaping the experience and trying to capture everything. So I think there was more glee than than an overwhelming um, emotional sort of uh, shockwave that hit me as I got on board and sort of settled into my stateroom. I think that's when I I got hit with that tear and and said, wow, this is finally coming into into play after a year and a half of waiting. So it it did come, but not not as I was uh, walking on the gangway.
1: Yeah, for me, it was when the pilot boat came up to the side of the ship, of Celebrity Edge, picked up the pilot and kind of drove away. That's when I was like, okay, this is this is actually really happening now.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty uh, awesome.
1: Let's talk about the cruise check-in. How different was it compared to other check-ins with Royal Caribbean before the shutdown?
2: So with this one, uh, similar to you, I, I had downloaded the Royal Caribbean app and had done uh, some of the pre-check-in health questionnaire stuff on the app before I got to the terminal. Uh, I've been given a half-hour check-in time window. I arrived a little early. They did make us wait outside, which normally you can wait inside the terminal. They did make us wait outside until our time slot. And then when we got in, it was a very fast process. I think I clocked it at about seven and a half minutes from the time I walked inside the terminal to the time I was walking onto the ship. So it was a pretty fast uh, process. They asked for a vaccine card. Uh, You could decline to show it. I showed mine I'm vaccinated and then you went through a screen with a Royal Caribbean uh, person just where they checked your passport, they scanned your bags and then you were able to to walk on onto the ship. So it was pretty fast.
1: Okay, you're on board the ship. How was the stateroom? Anything noticeably different with protocols or anything like that?
2: You know, uh, not really. The the only thing that was different was that there was less paperwork in the room than pre-COVID and then they had uh, a small bottle of hand sanitizer and two paper kind of disposable face masks that that you could use during the trip. But besides for that, it was pretty similar to, uh, pretty similar to the staterooms that I experienced before COVID.
1: Was there any uh, like tweaks in, The room service, like maybe not doing it two times a day or asking you when you wanted it done? Or was that pretty much the same as pre-COVID as well? No, it was
2: pretty much the same. They did two, you know, morning cleaning and then a down in the evening. So none of that had changed. The only other thing I would say about the the cabin itself was that when you ordered room service, the staff did not actually bring the tray in. They handed you the tray at the door and made Mm -hmm. you carry it in yourself. So that was another small change. But besides for that, no, the room was pretty much the same kind of cabin uh, and the same experience. That we had before COVID. Yeah. And
1: through the cruise industry shutdown, we've noticed a lot of new ways of doing things once we start sailing again. And one of those biggies uh, that was kind of tweaked during the shutdown was the muster drill. So I know I kind of spoke about it on Celebrity Edge a couple of weeks ago, but what was your muster thing like? Because I know Royal Caribbean Group basically rolled this out.
2: Yeah, they had to go to the Coast Guard and to Sola to get it approved. And it was really great. I mean, I'm sure it was very similar to the experience that you had on Edge. Uh, Watched a couple of videos in the app. Listen to the uh, the ship signal, the, the the horn blowing on the app, and then once got on board, needed to check in uh, with the staff at the muster station. They scanned your CPAS card, and they gave you like you know three minutes of instructions to make sure that you knew where to go and uh, what to do in the case of an emergency. Uh, so it was a vastly improved process than you know the original original version of the muster drill where you had to sit in a crowded area sometimes with your with your life vest for half an hour while you listen to this, you know, droning uh, announcement. So definitely an enhancement in my, in my opinion.
1: And speaking of droning announcements, I realized that, or I did notice rather that on mine, they were they had to keep reminding people, please go to your muster station so we can set sail more or less. They didn't say it like that, but that's what they were implying. Um, were there like those repetitive announcements on yours?
2: You know, I think there were maybe one or two, but I didn't it it wasn't so often that I noticed it or that it was it was kind of ridiculous. So, no, I don't think that was an issue on our sailing.
1: Very good. So y'all were well behaved. Very nice. Um, (laughs) So how about dining? Um, Were all the venues open? And uh, how did the buffet situation work out? Because we know it's different from cruise line to cruise line.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, all the dining venues were open. The one caveat to that is for those who were vaccinated, who showed their vaccine card, you did get a a bracelet, uh, like a rubber uh, colored bracelet, when you checked in in the terminal. And that was a signal for the crew and the staff on board that you were vaccinated. The reason I bring this up now is that determined uh, some of the dining options that you had. So on this sailing, uh, Izumi, the chef's table, And uh, one of the floors of the dining room was only eligible for vaccinated travelers. So that's the one little uh, hitch with with this sailing, because it was a hybrid sailing where you had some unvaccinated adults and children, but mostly vaccinated adults, that certain venues you had to be vaccinated to eat in, in there. Now, in the Windjammer, that was open to everyone. And really, the only difference with the Windjammer was that you did not dish any of the food on to your plate yourself, which I know is a little bit different. I think carnival, you are allowed to serve yourself in, in the Lido there, mm-hmm. but with Royal Caribbean at the Windjammer, they were putting the food onto your plate. Really the only time you grabbed anything is they had a few areas where there were like pre-portioned, uh, pre-plated little things of like yogurt or salad that you could grab yourself, but everything else, including getting your water or juices or, or sodas, the, the crew did that for you and they brought it to you where they, or they put it onto your plate for you.
1: Did you have a chance to speak with or kind of see how it was if you were unvaccinated, like what
2: those people thought? You know, I did not go out and seek any unvaccinated people to interview them. I didn't think that it was, I don't know, I I didn't think that uh, they would really want to have that conversation. And I did, really didn't want to sort of uh, inquire or or have it be where they felt, you know, they were under the microscope. But it seemed like everyone who was on board, whether they were vaccinated or not, had plenty of Places to eat, and everyone seemed to be enjoying themselves. So I, I, you know, I, I don't think that they had a a, a negative experience from the standpoint of dining that they couldn't eat in certain places because most of the places they could eat, they could get food at the Windjammer, at the, you know, the the El Loco Fresh that they have on the on the pool deck, you know, at at uh, Perfect Day, at Coco K. All the food venues were open to them as well.
1: Yeah, see, I was with you, so I did a couple of interviews this past week, and they were asking me the same question, and I'm like. I didn't really find it appropriate to just have a conversation with someone because, you know, just because someone's wearing a mask doesn't mean they're not vaccinated either, you know?
2: Yeah, and it's such a, it's such a charged issue. And on this sailing, uh, because it was one of these hybrid sailings, there was a mask requirement on board that anyone who was indoors and moving, so walking down the Royal Promenade or in the stairs, stairwell or elevator or walking down the hall to your cabin, You had to be wearing a mask if you were over age two, regardless of your vaccine status. So there was a lot of mask wearing in indoor places on my sailing. So everyone had a mask on, including the crew. So I guess, you know, that was just sort of a unique um, aspect to these Florida departures is because it's a mixed population of vaccinated and unvaccinated. The government and the CDC are requiring those sailings for everyone to be wearing masks, at least on Royal Caribbean, when they're indoors.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the outdoor spaces. Like I know the ship wasn't at um, full capacity. So how were the spaces outdoors and uh, speak on the entertainment a little bit too, through your voyage.
2: Sure. So space outdoors was um, abundant. Our sailing only was um, about 25% occupied. So just over a thousand people on a sail on a ship that typically sails with 4,000 people. There was a lot of space. There was no need to go and stake out a lounge chair or anything like that in any of the outdoor spaces. There was plenty of space. And from that perspective, it was great. You didn't have to have that as a factor with trying to stake out and, and get the best spot and get there early. You didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. So that was great. Um, Now, in terms of entertainment, they did have all of the typical entertainment you'd expect on a cruise. So they had the ice skating shows in studio B, the ice skating rink. They had uh, comedians and production show in the main theater. They had lounge musicians singing and and playing live music in various lounges like Boleros and Star Lounge. So there was there was pretty much a full assortment of entertainment that you would normally get on a cruise.
1: If you weren't vaccinated, could you still go into like the main show theater?
2: Yeah. So the way they handled it on this sailing was at the deck three entrance to the theater. You had to be vaccinated to sit on to sit in that area of the theater and you could remove your mask in that area of the theater. If you were not vaccinated, or you were a child who was not vaccinated, you had to be on the deck four uh, part of the theater and you did have to keep your mask on. So they did kind of in that, in the main theater, at least they separated people based on their vaccine status. In Studio B, they had a few performances, the ice skating performances that were for everyone and a few performances where it was only for vaccinated passengers. In some of the lounges, like when they would do trivia or bingo, in those sessions, They were for vaccinated guests only. So you had to kind of pay attention to the cruise compass or the schedule in the app about whether it was a vaccinated only event or vaccinated only venue. And I would say maybe 20% of the, the show and entertainment activities were for vaccinated only, but most of them everyone could enjoy. What was
1: the going ashore situation like? Because I know it varies uh, from cruise line to cruise line where you have to either have an excursion to get off the ship or you don't have to have an excursion if you're vaccinated. And there's like a lot of different rules. So how did it play out with Royal Caribbean?
2: So my sailing was, uh, we had two port stops, uh, Nassau and Perfect Day at Coco Cay, Royal Caribbean's private island. So Nassau, if you were vaccinated, you could get off the ship and wander on your own and do whatever you want. You could take a taxi and go to atlantis or walk down bay Street, anything anything you wanted to do if you were vaccinated. Now if you were not vaccinated, you had to do a royal Caribbean run excursion uh, and you could not wander off. You had to stay within that bubble and once the excursion was over, you had to get back on the ship. you could not wander around Nassau on your own. So really vaccinated or not vaccinated determine what the rules were in Nassau. Now, in perfect day, the way they're operating is everyone can get off and come and go as they please, whether or not you're vaccinated. So there was no restrictions at at, uh, perfect day. All right. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How was debarkation? It was very smooth and easy. What they asked and and urged everyone to do was to stay in your cabin, turn your TV to channel two, where they constantly had a scroll of which boarding groups uh, were invited to get off the ship at a certain time. So they had given you the standard luggage tag uh, the the day before the cruise ended for you to put on your suitcase and put it outside your door. And based on the number that they had given you, they were calling off those groups for debarkation. Now, I had transfers to the Miami airport with the cruise line. My flight wasn't until two o'clock. So I had kind of one of the later disembarkations at 9 p.m. I Grab my bags. I, I didn't put my bag out the night before. But I grabbed my bags and I walked off the ship. And that whole process was, again, like five minutes. They do an awesome thing in Miami uh, with Royal Caribbean where they have facial recognition. So you take your mask down for a second. It scans your face. It matches it to your passport information that, that they've got in their system. And then you walk out. It was very, very simple.
1: The facial recognition definitely makes it easy. I know one of my first sailings before the shutdown coming off Norwegian Sky in Port Miami. It takes your picture. It turns green and you're good to go.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's a really great thing. You don't have to fumble and find your passport as you're trying Mm -hmm. to get off the ship. For sure. So you've been home for a few days now. Looking back
1: at your entire trip from start to finish, is there anything that Royal Caribbean could have maybe done differently or something they really excelled at?
2: I felt very safe in terms of the ship cleanliness. I saw them wiping down handles and railing constantly throughout the whole time that I was on board. So I was pretty impressed with that. The signage throughout the ship about when you needed to wear a mask, like they had reminders every time you were going from indoors to outdoors, you know, it reminded you, mask on, please. So they were very good at at communicating that. So, you know, from that perspective, the entire experience was what I hoped it would be. I wanted it to be a cruise. I wanted it to sort of work the way it was supposed to. I wanted there to be food and entertainment and places to relax and and venues to go, uh, you know, things like uh, casino and spa and and all of those things, all of that operated exactly like it was supposed to. And I think that was the best part of it is that it worked. It was the cruise that, that we all expect and want. Now on my sailing, like I said, only 25% occupied. As a result of there not being nearly as many passengers on board, the typical cruise energy that you get with a contemporary cruise line, like a Carnival and Royal Caribbean, that kind of excitement and enthusiasm, I didn't feel that. But maybe I think Royal Caribbean, especially Royal Caribbean and Celebrity is they're kind of one of the first ones out of the gate with resuming cruising. They really want to get the health and safety and the operations thing down before they kind of add the additional spices of the the excitement and the the entertainment and the the cruise director that's getting everyone on their feet and jumping around. So I think I didn't notice that as much as I have before, but I'm pretty confident that those aspects of the cruising experience We'll be back later this summer once they get a few more cruises under their belt and make sure that everything is operating smoothly.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point there. Uh, were there like deck parties or any big sail away parties or anything like that?
2: They did have a, a little bit of a uh, you know deck party and uh, like 70s theme night in Studio B. But it wasn't really prevalent and it wasn't a, a big part of the experience like it normally is on a, on a cruise like this. And that's kind of why I mentioned it's the one thing that was kind of missing. But I think that's maybe intentional because of the, these are just the first few sailings out of the gate and they want to get the, the health and safety and the operations, all of those kinks ironed out and making sure that those things are going smoothly before they introduce those kind of uh, additional entertainment pieces to the experience.
1: I'm curious, what are you telling your clients if they're skeptical about cruising again?
2: We're telling them that now is a really good time to take a cruise because you're getting kind of like a, you know when I was thinking about it in my head, you're kind of getting like a, a seaborne experience in terms of space and cal- caliber of service with a with a Royal Caribbean price. So you're getting uh, you're getting that much more space and, and service. And this is sort of a unique time this summer where this is probably going to be only time uh, in in the foreseeable future where you're going to be able to have ships that are not as full, where you're going to be able to get great deals on on last minute. Um, as, as the cruise lines are going back into service and they're just announcing sailings that they haven't been able or, or, or had on the books to uh, open to sell for the past two years. They're sort of announcing sailings for September now. So they only have a couple months to fill them. Those sailings are not going to be full. So you're going to get a good price and you're going to get a great experience because the ships won't be full. So that's one thing that we're telling them. And then, you know, next year and into 23, the demand is really strong right now. So if people who do want to get back to cruising next year, they shouldn't wait. They should get something deposited and booked now so that they can lock in their space and lock in a reasonable price for their sailings that they want to take in the future. But no hesitation with taking a cruise. I'm going on another one uh, in uh, three weeks from now out of Seattle. I'm very enthusiastic and positive about cruising and about the high quality experience that I know our clients are already having. We already have clients who've been sailing in Europe and uh, out of St. Martin we have clients that have been on Freedom and are, and are on edge right now. We're hearing already that the experiences have been very positive and they're very happy to be back at sea.
1: I was watching some of your videos online before we actually started talking here. So where could we find you?
2: So the easiest thing to do is to search on YouTube for Expedia Cruises Scottsdale on my stores in Scottsdale, Arizona. So if you just search Expedia Cruises Scottsdale, you'll find it. And I know you're going to you're going to add it to the notes as well.
1: Very good. We've been talking with Noam about his four night cruise on Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas from Port Miami. Noam, thank you so much for sharing your
2: experience with us, my friend. We really appreciate it. Anytime, Doug. Great to talk to you.
0: All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast, or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your doubts, sir.